0: This is uh, welcome to uh, Next Scene Podcast, where we're taking on pop culture one scene at a time. I am one of your hosts, Sean, and I'm your other host, Brian. And with us today is um, well, podcast royalty. Wow, from all over, from from Airport Minute. And I have to, I, I have to pause before I say that because I always, I'm afraid I'm going to say error airplane the other <laughs> the yeah. other one no from from airport minute from uh, rocketeer minute from apollo 13 uh, our wonderful uh, community producer who brought us together in projects such as die hard minute and the the now running in it's currently going uh hitchcock minute which is covering the 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 classic north by northwest one minute at a time but he's he's with us here today it's jim O'Kane.
1: yay yay <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show. This is I I love talking about movies that I haven't seen in a while. So this is a this is a movie I haven't seen in a while. So we can
0: really get into it because yeah. I am ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's good. Let's let's share the ignorance. Um, and, and so speaking of movies that we haven't seen in a while, this uh, so that our theme for this season is uh, bus drivers, and today our our bus driver is a sweet lady by the name of Annie played by Sandy Bullock. And, of course, so the, the film we're talking about is Speed. And it's a film I hadn't seen in probably a couple decades <laughs> before we decided to, uh, to cover it for the podcast. And so um, I'm, I'm assuming everyone's familiar. And I, I didn't really – we're not as concentrated on a, a specific scene as much as we, uh, we usually are, but mainly talking about the, the parts where, uh, where Annie's driving – because she, she's the bus driver for, for most of this. We start off with Sam, who Annie is strangely familiar with. For someone, she makes a point of letting us know that she usually drives. You know, she, She's missing her car. She's only the bus driver because uh, her license is suspended. But she's, she's friends with Sam, but Sam does not last long before he goes down and Annie fills in. And I thought that was an interesting twist on when we talked about quick change that guy, that was a bus driving lifer. That was a guy you just know he's he's dying in that that driver's seat where um, the way I thought of it is, you know, some some are born into bus driving and, and some have bus driving thrust upon them. And, and that's I think that's what we're talking about, you know, the, the latter category with Annie. So just kind of, you know, introductory thoughts. What do you think of what do you think of Annie as a bus driver, Jim? What do you think? I, you know it's funny
1: the 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 scene that this was reminding me of in, in a different in a very different environment uh was Karen Black in Airport 75 he <laughs> was, uh, was you know mm-hmm. take the helm when when the driver gets you know basically incapacitated and in that case it was Ephraim Zemblis Jr getting hit by an airplane while he was driving his 747 <laughs> it's it's very difficult I, I i think Karen Black was very wasn't as competent definitely as sandra bullock sandra bullock mm-hmm. he just slid right into the role it's like here we go it's my turn uh, another another scene that that reminds me of um if you recall uh i'm reach back into time the immortal uh, odd couple where it and oscar or well, oscar of course being a sports writer uh has a competition with howard cosell and uh mm-hmm. howard cosell invites uh oscar to uh like monday night football where he's he's doing an announcement and it turns out that oscar has terrible stage fright and he can't talk on microphone mm-hmm. so as <laughs> as, as, he's, as he's standing there shell shocked while howard cosell is wiping the floor with him and it's radio so they're not seeing anybody felix jumps in and does a play by a perfect play by play on a giants game and so, you know and when he finishes up he goes and back over to you howard and you know basically <laughs> saves his neck so you know Sandra's in that groove that in, in between Karen Black and uh, Oscar Madison so um that's that's where that's where I'm feeling it on, on the particular scene
2: yeah i mean yeah. it's super interesting how well her character is just a, a normal woman and then she's thrust into this situation i mean it just adds so much tension to it and yeah she is pretty much a natural so there is that part of it but so the, there is we do
0: see a little bit of growth. She, she's tentative at first and certainly, you know, she's asking for directions and she's, she's not sure what to do, but we definitely see her confidence grow as she kind of settles into that, that position. And particularly well, you, and you had mentioned something, Brian, we were talking the other day about when she hits the baby carriage. Mm -hmm. Yes. And she, she, you know, freaks out a little bit uh, naturally. But, and then Keanu has to calm her down and say, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it was just cans. It was an empty carriage. And I think it's, and I think that that's like a bit of a turning point. Like after that, she seems to like take more control. right? Whenever I watch a scene, I'm trying, I'm trying to imagine how else it could
1: happen. Can you picture anybody else besides Sandra Bullock in that scene? Because I think she's just, she's just competent enough and just loud enough the scene. I don't know if I'm making that. If I'm making that clear, I can't think of any. Like I was trying you to mean put, like
2: another actress in that role. Yeah,
1: another actress. Could you see Meg Ryan mm-hmm. doing it? No, I don't see that. Could you do Jodie
2: I'm Foster? Thinking, maybe. Like, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because well, well, because it has to be. It's it, you know we we've actually talked about it and. and Listeners, if, if there's any listeners that don't like quick change, they're going to tire of this podcast very quickly <laughs> because we keep going back to it. But we talked about Bill Murray and certainly Groundhog Day. We talked about a lot how he's like that lovable jerk. He goes, you know, he, he who can do that? Who can be the jerk, but you're still on his side and you still like him? And And this is kind of like that character where there's a vulnerability, there's a softness, you're worried for her. But then she can also portray strength
1: yeah, and competence and competence, competence. Yeah, that, yeah, the, the competence that comes through on this. thing. There's so many. I mean, it's a, it's a preposterous uh, situation, but she tells it enough that you say, "Okay, well, there's a bomb on the bus, and I don't know the background of the bomb on the bus." Yeah, you know, that's that's where she is. She doesn't understand what's you know there's a C4 under under things. She mm-hmm. doesn't know that Dennis Hopper has this thing going on. She's like, okay, that's my life. This is my life now. And this is, these are the new rules. So I've got to keep going with it. And if the guy's telling me stay 50 miles an hour, I'll do it. In trying to think of the narrow in that area, the, the 80s, 90s characters of the time, I, I just, the, the ones that pop into my head are like Meg Ryan or, or like you said, Jodie Foster could do it, but mm-hmm. it, it's very narrow. I mean, maybe, uh, maybe Jennifer Lopez. I can't, it, it's such a narrow range. You couldn't really fit anybody else besides Andrew Bullock into that part. Well, I mean, you could, but it would totally change. Well, which uh, I
2: guess is a good, is a sign that it's a good, it's a good role in a good movie. If it's like you just see her at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, um, conversely, I think anybody could drop, could drop into Keanu's part. I don't think, I don't think he's specific to the role. I mean, he is just so generic at any action. You know, Bruce Willis could have
0: been that role. Mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm, yeah. Well, even, even within the film, if you s- the switch the partners, have Jeff Daniels be the, the focus yeah. and Keanu be the partner that gets – that's just kind of more peripheral character, I think yeah. it works fine. I think you're right mm-hmm. there. Um, I mean,
2: I, Keanu – no, I was going to say the Keanu uh, and Sandra Bullock. I mean, their uh, their chemistry I, – I guess they did have some chemistry. But I mean, I agree with you guys. It's, I didn't think it was anything insane. Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: I, I always, I have a problem. I maybe it's just theater cinema Keanu. I just don't get, I, he, he's competent enough, mm-hmm. but it's, he it doesn't stand out to me. I didn't, I, I didn't even really connect with him in the matrix. So I thought, you know, okay, this is, you know, and that's the character that he plays. And now it's an iconic part for him, but he's such a blank slate and all these things. I just don't see don't see any brilliance standing out from the from the from the role from the character that he's portraying and maybe you know and maybe he's just maybe he's told to play it that way but i just don't he's such a uh such a ken doll in this thing i don't i don't see him i, I don't see the chemistry that maybe that's the the problem that mm-hmm. i'm having with it. it It's a it's a great action scene it's well filmed the editing is tight uh yeah. you know the, the the drums the music and all that is great and uh you know the floor of
2: music is yeah music is fantastic yeah
1: yeah you I are to shout out panic the, the whole you know panic porn the whole way <laughs> so um <laughs> uh and you know it has that whole michael bay feeling about it and you're just on the edge of your seat for the entire running length of the movie but uh, the weakest part in this it doesn't it doesn't give the actors a lot to chew on other than follow the script. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get the feeling that they're in, even when they're in danger, I don't get the feeling they're in danger. I feel like, and here comes the stunt work part and here comes, you know, it, it, it doesn't, I don't feel like uh, maybe I feel it with Sandra Bullock, but I don't feel it with Keanu that he's actually in danger. I don't, I don't he's, he's not expressing that to me, but maybe that's just me.
0: Yeah. And when a, I wonder how much I, of that, I, so oh, go, go ahead, ahead Brent. Well, I was just going to say, I wonder how much of that is like a decision, a decision on his part that to think, well, the, you know, this Jack, the the character, is you know supposed to be cool under pressure, and yeah. as an audience, we want, you know, we're supposed to get a sense of danger and and speed and and all that, but at the same time, some kind of confidence that this guy is gonna gonna see us through so maybe it just he's he's on the wrong side of that balance where he's a little bit too confident a little bit too too cool under pressure
1: okay yeah uh uh, imagine this is the middle of a dirty harry movie the whole optics would change wouldn't i mean Mm -hmm. he does seem a lot less cooler i mean he he does seem a lot less cool than dirty harry dirty harry would light up a cigarette or something or you know have (laughs) a little quip um and uh, I don't think there would have been a problem with the, the guy with the gun. So it's uh, maybe he's, he's just incompetent enough to work. I, mm-hmm. I, I, so many, <laughs> so many, like, you know, I, I can see all these overlapping graphs of, you know, how competent is the character versus the you know, uh, how much of the actor overshadows the character. I don't, I mean, that is a good thing about Keanu is that he never, he never, even though every time you see him, it's Keanu, Um, He never overshadows the character, but the problem is, is that he doesn't write anything on the character. You know, know, it's like when you're watching Sean Connery and you see Sean Connery in a Bond movie, it's still Sean Connery in hunt for red October. He's still doing this overlay that, okay, now he's, Mm -hmm. now he's running a sub. Um, But Keanu looks like, uh, Oh, now his job today is, is a, you know, a a cop who's, uh, you know, on a bus and going to save the
2: world. But I don't, don't buy him in it. That's the problem. Hmm, interesting yeah i mean i i i think i like him in it uh more than you do i i mean it it, it does work for me i mean he, yeah it's nothing amazing it's not like some kind of oscar-winning performance but i think he's got the look for it i think he you know he plays it well enough that at least it works for me yeah well he's kind of the like
1: when you watch the uh watch the mary tyler moore show I'm sorry, I keep going to '70s TV, but this is my <laughs> my environment. Um, when you watch the When you watch the Mary Tyler Moore show, uh, Mary Tyler Moore is you know the eponious, uh character in the in the show. She's kind of the eye of the hurricane, and you don't really like you don't really care about what Mary Mary Richards is doing. You care about Ro- what Rhoda is doing. You care about Lou, and you care about Ted Baxter, and you care you know you care about Murray and all of their stories. In the mm-hmm. middle of it all, you don't really care about Mary. Um, And I think in this one, Keanu's the center of the storm here. He's got to make the decisions. He's got to figure out what to do. And he calls in Jeff Daniels. He calls in Sandra Bullock to do this and that. But you don't really care about, you know, what Keanu's doing. You look at Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock is running laps around Keanu. With, and um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Cameron. From, uh, <laughs> the, oh, yeah. The captain yeah. of the Enterprise B. Um, yeah.
0: Alan Ruck.
2: Alan yeah.
1: Ruck. There you go. Yeah. Um, Alan Ruck is out-acting Keanu in this in this scene. He's got some good lines, but it's like, they, they're they all playing. Even, like, Jeff Daniels just looking, you know, like, frustrated and trying to figure stuff out. And it's it's just a phone conversation that's going on. That's his connection with it. But Jeff Daniels is taking every last little bit. He's he's really chilling up the scenery with a, with a handset on a phone. Mm-hmm. And Keanu's like, okay, you know, Keanu is like, uh, well, there's a bomb, there's a lot of C4, you know, and it just... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I that is
2: his criticism a lot. I mean, I think he's gotten a little better. Now, now, do you like him in non-action roles, or do you just not like him in anything?
1: I'm trying to think of something that I liked him in. Um, what Was the one with um, uh, Al Pacino, and Al Pacino's the devil, and... Devil's Advocate? Devil Devil's advocate. advocate, there we go. Yeah, that would have helped <laughs> the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah the, I like, I, he was okay in the Devil's Adv- Advocate because he had to play uh, kind of a, a low-key everyman. And I think you're supposed to identify with him. Here's all this temptation. Here's Mm -hmm. here's his role of greatness and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, and and it it turns into this big old Henry story. It didn't require much of him. So I thought that was a pretty good role. It was a low thing. But um, I, when I watch The Matrix, I feel like Agent Smith is out acting. Everybody's out acting him. And he's, he's the Mary Tyler Moore. He's just kind of like in the middle. And he's the one, he's kind of like the straight man. He's just the, uh, the fall guy for it. he's he's the one that feeds lines to the people who know how to act.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now here's here's something we're 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 getting further away from the subject of um of our bus driver, but since yeah, we're talking about, we I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of curious. So I think so. I mean, at this point, so so speed comes out in ninety four. Keanu Reeves has already played the policeman at least once before Point Break in 91 yeah.
1: and he was okay. He was good in point break. I got to say point break was,
0: was and I perfect. thought, yeah, I thought he was, he, he was better in, in, in that position there, but just to kind of like from left field, what if you had the firm with Keanu Reeves as Mitch in the, the Tom Cruise role? Okay.
1: Yeah. Because Tom Cruise doesn't do much in that role. Well, yeah, if you weren't, there's, if I mean, there's a there's
0: a little bit of like when he's running around at the end from the Hitman, but it's not really an action film. It's more of a, a you know courtroom drama type without the courtroom character study kind of thing. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if if he has some easy lift uh, roles, I mean, I can't see him playing uh, Atticus in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, but yeah, you could drop him. <laughs> well, not yet. You could drop him. Yeah, you could drop him in the firm and. <sighs> I really, I mean, I know he's done all the John Wick movies and that's, this is the same, this is the same, this could have been early John
2: Wick. I mean, I think he's mm-hmm. better in the John Wick. I think he has a little bit more there. Hmm. Yeah, but he, yeah, he did, but, there, but not, but not that set him up. And then this is what he does. And then, you know,
1: it, it, he, he's good in those, those level roles where it's not heavy thinking. I appreciate Keanu's skills. He's great in comedy. I thought he was great in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I think he really mm-hmm. handles comedy very well. But action and especially uh, character driven dramas, it's just a little bit past him. And the comparison here is easy when you see him versus Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, I believe she's in danger. She's driving a bus and she's in danger. And she sells that every frame that you see her on there. She's just, uh, uh, you know, you get that, everything. She's controlling her eyebrows, the way that her hair moves when she's turning her head. And. You know, she's thinking about what's coming out on the camera as she's doing it. So I, I feel like there are there are bit players in the background working on the uh, the shot bus driver have <laughs> bigger acting chops than Keanu's doing in this role. Of course maybe he doesn't have a lot to do. Maybe the director didn't you know didn't give him enough to chew on, maybe he didn't have a bit of you know, the, the only business that he had in the in the entire in this entire scene that we're watching is he had to pull a floorboard up to get to the uh uh the wheels.
0: Mm-hmm. Or maybe he just needed more business other than looking out the window worried yeah it's an interesting comparison because at this point Keanu reeves has a is a a much more experienced actor at least looking at his i m d b listing he's got a lot more credits as of ninety four versus uh Sandra Bullock, who um you know she'd just come off of uh demolition man in ninety three and love potion number nine in in ninety two but really hadn't done. A lot. I mean, she was Tess McGill in Working Girl, the series. I'm assuming lasted only a dozen episodes because she's only in a dozen episodes. But um, she really hadn't done much at this point, I think. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm a big fan of Demolition Man, but I think that may qualify as sort of a cult hit. Great movie. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, great great film. There's there's some whisper. There's some talk of a sequel, which I am all bored with a hundred percent. But I think this was kind of her really, her breakout role, whereas you mentioned, yeah, I, you know, Bill and Ted is from 89. I mean, that's that movie's five years old at this point when this comes out.
1: And if you consider how Sandra Bullock was in um, Demolition Man versus how she is in this movie, in Demolition Man, she was highly optimistic, always very mm-hmm. happy, and completely naive. She played it as being naive. You know, she didn't understand what Sylvester Stallone wanted, you know, and that. And uh, you bought it. You bought it with her on that. And then in this movie... She's tough as nails, but she's, she's been around the block and she knows, you know, OK, this is a danger movie now. I'm driving the bus and she sells it very well. And I, I can believe her doing the switch. She's that that good at doing it. And she had I mean, considering that she had just done Demolition Man, uh, had quite a, a swap out here. I mean, other people like Dennis Hopper is playing the Dennis Hopper character of the 90s. A, you know, all they. Mm hmm. They brought him on the on the set, and they said, "Here, you be Dennis Hopper." And he's like, "Okay, do I get a sandwich?" Yeah, here, have a sandwich. It be Dennis <laughs> Hopper. <laughs> and, and, you know, and he's done that. And uh, Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels is playing the same kind of befuddled, upset, uh, upset guy that was. Sure, um, this is about the same time. If he was in uh, Last Action Hero, he had that bit part that he sold very well in Last mm, Action Hero. All right, right. And, and I think it might have been the same year. I, I don't have IMDb at the moment but it's it's right in around then when he was doing that and i think i think he had the same haircut it was just like yeah that's the same guy he could have been working with jack slater you know that part really worked for him so uh i just yeah i, I mean all of these things and I, the only problem is that i think that kind of makes Cano a little weak in this because the, the other actors that he's working with are so strong so great coming through uh, on this stuff it just kind of highlights the the empty center there that's Keanu mm-hmm. he's, I, I shouldn't say that he's not doing a bad job it's just he doesn't really doesn't maybe it, it, it's a com it, it's a combination of he doesn't have a lot to do other than yeah. react yeah. and he doesn't react I mean there's nothing there's nothing that much in the script he doesn't have any business to do other than uh, this is this is what I say now to get us further on in the story you know, hold on things like that when he's yelling on the bus everybody knows they're gonna hold on so
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so speaking of Jeff, Jeff Daniels, I, I want to get into a little bit of comparing and contrasting. So there's, there's really like two main sequences. There's two rescues that happen. There's the, that first sequence where um, where the partners, Jeff and Harry or Jack and Harry are rescuing uh, people off the elevator that, that Dennis Hopper's um, has booby trapped. And then there's this second ordeal with the bus and and annie driving and then the big finale at the end and why other than i mean one of the differences the the rescue off the at the escalator that's or the elevator that's 20 minutes in so if you're in the theater and you you look at your watch you're like well it this can't be it." (laughs) it it can't be over we're only 20 minutes in but you know that that's not it's not the end whereas the the rescue with, with Sandra Bullock and, and we'll get off the bus. We end up on a, on a train. This could be a, a John Candy movie with all the different modes of transportation involved. But kind of what's the difference, that first rescue, that isn't really satisfying? It, doesn't, it isn't the finale versus the big ending, um, you know, other than one comes, you know, an hour and a little bit later than the other. Like what's, what's the difference between rescuing his partner, Harry, from Dennis Hopper versus rescuing Annie at the end where it's, you know, it, it feels like a, an ending. It's a little more satisfying. I felt at least. You like
2: the, the, the Sandra Bullock rescue better.
0: Yeah. Like I felt yeah. like this is, you know, that's, that's a finale. That's the end of the movie. I felt that was right. good. And there's, there's a lot of similarities. There's some parallels. There's, you know, they do the thing where they pull in a, a cable from a crane to, jack up the elevator so it's not the car isn't just going to fall when it when it's supposed to and that's kind of that's kind of the same they get they hack into the video feed on the bus and they kind of loop it and um they drive the bus onto uh onto an airport so that that news helicopters can't follow them and and then that goes you know they can get the people off the bus the same way they get the people out of the elevator but then you know th- then the, the the paths kind of diverge and one of the things i noticed is in that introductory sequence that first opening Dennis Hopper has bombed himself so he's he's wearing the, the the vest with the the dynamite and that's kind of his um, you know his insurance policy so he can get away so uh, you know Jack doesn't blow himself up in, in the building whereas in the end he puts uh, he puts the dynamite vest on Annie so she's kind of she's the living bomb and so uh, Jack's able to kind of separate the, the bomber from the, the bomby or from the bomb itself. And that's, that's part of how he's able to, to wrap it all up. But that's, you know, in that position, we're talking about Annie kind of being, um, you know, she, she's competent. She can drive the bus, but she's also vulnerable. And there's a softness to her at the same time. And, you know, I wonder if that's part of why, um, why that character, why the bomber feels comfortable kind of handing over the bomb to her. I mean, it's, it's in one hand, he's, you know, entrapping her when he's wrapping her up in, in this bomb vest, but then he's also kind of entrusting her at the same time. I was wondering if you guys had any, any thoughts on that or not. No, nope. uh, just, just you, Sean. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. I'm just
2: <laughs> well, the, the, so you're talking about when he, they're on the train and they're, and wrapping uh, Sandra Bullock up that at that point.
0: Well, I was trying to figure like, what's, what's the difference because that first sequence it isn't over. And, and like I said, part of, part of the way we know it isn't over. Cause it's, we didn't pay, you know, we, we didn't go to the theater and, and mm-hmm. pay $20 for a bucket of popcorn for a movie. That's going to be over in 20 minutes. Right. But part of it is, you know, Dennis Hopper is able to escape because he has the bomb with him where at the end, Jack is able to take him out because he does, he has the trigger. He's holding the trigger at that point. Um, Dennis is Hopper, mm-hmm. but, he doesn't have the bomb with him. And that's sort of his, the big mistake at the end. If he, if he had the bomb on his body at that time, when Jack takes him out, when he eventually loses his head, literally the bomb would go right. off and uh, Jack and Annie and, and, you know, would, would both be dead. So it's, that becomes a pivotal thing that you have to separate the bomb from the bomber. And right. I'm wondering, well, cause I was thinking that plays into one of the, the themes I'm seeing with these different bus drivers is they're they're kind of like the the angel in It's a Wonderful Life. They're transformative figures to to take you know take a character from one place to another. So that you know they have that big rescue in the beginning. They get everyone off the elevator before it crashes, but they don't have that full measure of redemption. Um, certainly Jack doesn't. Isn't sort of redeemed the way he is at the end. Maybe redeemed isn't the right word. Like he isn't the full hero. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't completed his, his hero's task as we see, because the bomber comes back. He hasn't taken out the bad guy. Whereas at the end he has, he's completed that mission of not only saving the, you know, saving the innocents, but he's also punished the wicked. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could, you know, he was able to complete his mission you know, that larger mission uh, uh, was able to complete that with Annie, with the bus driver by his side, where he wasn't able to do that with, with his partner, Harry, with the other police by his side.
2: Right. That's a neat way to to look at it.
1: After. Okay. After Dennis Hopper loses his head Mm -hmm. and uh, Keanu deactivates the vest, but Annie still has the, uh, the handcuffs on. Right. And, and the subway's gonna
0: crash. Why does Keanu have the throttle to full? Why? Why does he? Ha- why does he have to do that? It's an odd ending for a couple reasons. Because well, apparently, <laughs> apparently, nothing in LA is finished. Because there's an earlier scene when they're on the bus where there's like an unfinished stretch of highway, and they have to, and he has to floor it so they can jump the bus over this chasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they have to jump the bus over this break in this bridge because the highway isn't finished. And then at the end, yeah, so they're on this subway car and the subway line isn't finished. And they're going to – I don't know what they're going to hit. They're just going to hit a brick wall at the end of the line. But it's – the end is – and it, there's a map on the train. The train map includes a thing that says end of line. and <laughs> But there's a curve leading up to the end. So the big idea is – He'll floor it when they go around the curve, the train will derail and it'll derail before it hits the brick wall at the end of the line.
1: Oh, OK. So he just wanted it to derail it instead of slamming into the. Yeah, he was purposely derailing. Yeah, they do. And it
2: is
0: a big crash. Although the it, right, I guess it makes sense because he, you know, if we assume he's not intimately familiar with the details of the the construction of the subway line. All he knows is the track is going to end. But when you actually see it, like the track ends before this metaphorical brick wall, which we never actually hit. So he would have been better off, you know, even though he would have been better off slowing down than speeding yeah. up, even though the I guess the brakes are out, but he can still control the th- throttle because they would have derailed anyway. The tracks eventually end they would have been better off going slower rather than faster. But that's why he, he, the thinking is they'll go around the bend and he'll purposely derail before they hit the brick wall. And, and that's why he just, he just floors it.
2: I mean, it's really just a callback to the jump. I, I mean, I don't think there's any yeah, other reason yeah. they
0: did it. Yeah. Um, though it's interesting. Thank you for bringing that up because that's another point I wanted to talk about is we, we talked about Annie becoming confident and seeming, seeming capable and competent as the bus driver in, in this position that's been thrust upon her. And she doesn't really freak out. Well, there's the two points. There's the, 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 the point where she hits the baby carriage and she thinks there might be a baby inside where she had all like cans going. Yeah. And the cans go flying where she freaks out. But otherwise, most of the time she's driving, she's, she's in control and she's, she's relatively calm. But the other time she really freaks out is on the train when, when Jack goes, when he hits the throttle, when he starts speeding up, cause she doesn't understand. Um, mm-hmm. Like we don't, you know, she, she doesn't know quite yet why he's speeding up and she really freaks out. And I thought that was interesting. It's that when, you know, she's, she's, she's out of her element at this point, she's become a bus driver and she's comfortable on the bus and you kind of take her off the bus and she's not in control anymore. And that, I think that's, that's part of it. It's just not being in control, not being the one who's,
2: who's, who's, who's at the throttle, who's at the helm. Yeah. And yeah. And and they do make the point of saying she lost her license for speeding, which I mean, (laughs) you know, it's as corny as it is. I mean, I, I guess, even though it doesn't really translate, I guess it's supposed to, we're we're supposed to see that she's a badass driver. I mean, that's what they're getting at (laughs) by saying she's lost her license for speeding. So I guess that's where it's, kind of like what you said she's in complete control when she's driving the bus because she's this badass driver that lost her license for speeding and she owns the road and now she's out of her element and not in control
1: yeah it's it's a great it's a great laugh i mean that that overlay it it has that the diehard elements in it of Mm -hmm. comedy and danger i mean it's it's like um getting to alan ruck again where he's He's talking to jeff daniels on the phone and keanu's under the bus looking at all the c4 and he starts swearing and alan ruck is trying to figure out how to how to translate that he's oh 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 darn oh darn yeah yeah yeah
2: i mean i think the movie it's it's a lot of plot and and the action of it i mean the characters they're not i mean like we were all saying i mean there's not much character work they're kind of there to keep it to keep it moving but there's just enough to get. I mean, you just for Keanu and, and Sandra and and Dennis Hopper, there's enough that you care about the characters because I mean, you need to care, or else then it wouldn't matter at all. But it, it's not any kind of crazy. Oh, you know, we're so invested, like Speed. Mm-hmm. well they did do a Speed too, but not with them.
1: <laughs> it, it had yeah. the whole. It, it had the whole feel of of Die Hard. Maybe not as well written as Die Hard, but. The characters were, you know, if even, you know, Dennis Hopper being the evil guy, but you still, he still has some laugh. He still has some Dennis Hopper line. <laughs> um, just the way he's, just the way he's presented. He's a bit, you know, even though he's deadly and all that, he still is moderately common. And we know, we know it's going to end well. That's, you know, this, this is a, a by the book um nineties thriller. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's right down to it. It felt it and again. I haven't seen this in 20 years, but the, the, the scene in my head at the end um, Keanu and uh, and Bullock are kissing, and the crowds around them and stuff like that. If you've seen the end of the movie, The Player, where they're trying to get um, <laughs> it was Julia Roberts yeah. and uh, and Bruce Willis, and you know, it took you so long. A traffic was a you know, traffic was murder or whatever, and he was you know, it's it's that scene. That's the, that's the end. And even though it's a cliche, that's what you went to the movies for in the in in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. This is the exact kind of movie and would be a bunch of other VHSs at the blockbuster.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was watching it recently. And at at that scene at the end, when they're kissing, I'm just waiting for the crowd to start applauding. Like that's the only thing that's (laughs) saying, Um, but there's something, and there's, I think this is a good, a good example. Like there's something to be said for a, like formulas are formulas for a reason. And if you plug the right, you know, the right pieces into the variables like for, you know, formulas work when they're done, right. They work. So you say, you know, you say this is a formula filming. we've, I don't know if we've seen this before with a bus. Certainly we've seen the, um, you know, the, the, example of, of planes, you know, is there a pilot on board and stuff like that? We've seen this kind of thing in other contexts. So it's, yeah, they're not breaking new ground here, but, um, but if, you know, yeah, if, if you do it right, the formula works, I think is what they're, what, what they prove here. I mean, I, I enjoy the film. Maybe it's it's maybe we should yeah. go, go around and say everything. Think, yeah. You know that we all we all like the film, right? Oh, yeah. I think I
2: think it's a great action movie.
1: It, it does. It does the job that it's set out for. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's exciting. You can you can get through a bag of popcorn with it. And go, yeah. Go, you know, you roof the good guys. You boo the bad guys. But you still like the bad guys for being so perfectly bad. And that's, yeah, and then everything, every element, I think, that you can find in Die Hard, the mix of comedy and action and, and you know, snappy, snappy, uh, snappy wordplay that you found in Die Hard is in this movie. And I think mm-hmm. they've definitely understood their market. That's, that's you know, for a commercial movie, it did it did the job it needed to do.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I agree. And I think it's uh, also everything that was a good cause and effect. Did most things, as far as I remember, everything happened kind of from something they did. You know, he, uh, you mentioned when he's down below, he hits the gas out of the out of the tank, so they're losing gas, and that causes them to do whatever the next thing they had to do to save them was. I, I like that part of it too. It wasn't just oh you know out of gas or oh okay uh, the bus could now you know operate on two wheels for no reason. Everything kind of it had a cause and effect.
0: Yeah, the only thing. That I didn't like, that I didn't think was as logical, was why is Sandra Bullock alone at the scene? We know they 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 drop the money off, but they're watching the the spot and they're waiting for uh, Dennis Hopper to come pick up the money so they can nab him. And then he ends up nabbing her. Like why is she? She's just standing on the street. And I realized, okay, they were in the ambulance at the airport, and Jack says, "Oh no, we've got to go right away." So, you know, we don't have time to to drop her off or, or anything else. But then they just kind of leave her on the side of the road. Like, why is she there so that she can then get kidnapped to set <laughs> up the the sort of final ending? Yeah, um, that was the only thing that seemed a little bit too contrived for me. But yeah, for the most part, I agree that they do kind of set things up within the, the internal logic of the film.
2: Which is, which I think is a big I mean, I think that's a big key to not just this movie. I mean, just like we said, die hard. And I mean, that's a, that's a huge key to these movies. Yeah.
1: And the, and the location, the locations, the locations themselves are a character. I mean, you're, you're looking at LA, which is famous for its traffic and things. So, uh, and they're shooting it on the 110, which is every, every episode of chips was filmed in that same section of closed down highway. So, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, it's like going to Griffith park and you're going to film in front of the observatory. It's, It's just, oh yeah, we're going to go there again. But it's, even though, I mean, even though it doesn't, it, it isn't an identifiable part if you were driving along it, back in the, back in the 90s, back in the 80s, that one stretch of 110, they filmed every single uh, highway chase scene right there. <laughs> yeah. And you're seeing yeah. that same overpass. I enjoy, I enjoy the part that LA plays in this, in this movie, even though some of it was, I, I think they didn't, they didn't film at LA actually, they filmed somewhere else, but.
2: Yeah, I I agree. It was a good L. A. as a character was a good, even if it wasn't all completely uh, legit. It felt like L. A. Yeah,
1: yeah. The traffic and all. This, I mean, the, the traffic scenes were amazing. That, that, that's one of the, the greatest. You know, it, this is a chase movie without anybody chasing them, but you're watching a you know a two hour chase scene, mm-hmm. 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 much like if you turn on uh, television in L. A. and give an afternoon.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A chase movie where no one's chasing them. So. But, yeah, I say
2: speed, watch it, experience <laughs> it, be it, live it, do it,
0: yeah, so I guess you know, kinda to get towards the end to kind of wrap things up, I think is it fair to say we like we like Sandra Bullock as andy and or as Annie, and we like Annie as a as a bus driver, maybe a new yeah. career for her when she gets her her license back, Mhm, you think. She's starting her own like female
1: version of the honeymooners.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Keanu if you're listening, we still like you.
1: Don't, don't don't take my my discussion of Keanu in this movie is no reflection on Keanu as an actor. He's a good actor. I've seen him I've seen him act mm-hmm. well. He, I
0: know he, he act good. I don't think he was just given enough business in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's um we'll blame the, the the writing and the direction. Yeah. On on that one. So yeah, yeah so any any Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saying the buses did a good job too. Congratulations to General
1: Motors for making a great, solid. I, I, I didn't they use they used something like twenty buses. or I can't remember how many buses. It yeah, it was a ton used. of
2: buses. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there must have been just a bunch. You know, you could buy an entire municipal fleet, or maybe maybe they got the uh, bus owners of America together. To, you know, your new look bus, and we're going to paint it up like a
0: LA uh, municipal bus. Well, was that the? Um... Was that the motivation? Is that how this film got made? Like, was there, is there some, you know, some bus district had like replaced the the, the new models came in and they're like, what are we going to do with all these old buses? And someone's like, I got a cousin who's a producer. Well, you know, we'll make a bus movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they said the, the buses that they used in there, they stopped making
1: them. Well, they, they made it. They did another run in Canada and made them mm-hmm. the buses. They were using, uh, they built from like around end of the fifties till 76 or 77 and around there. So, you know, you've got like 20 years of buses and uh, then they stop making them. They, they last forever, but nice place to get rid of a bunch of uh, buses.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there you go. What, what do you do when you're uh you got a bunch of buses. All right. Well, so I, th- I think we're ready to wrap it up. I think we've, we've, we've done our due on any the bus driver and, and speed. So for our listeners, if, if, for some reason, somehow, some way, there's listeners that aren't already familiar with the full breadth of uh, of Jim O'Kane's work. Why don't you um, let folks know where they can find you? Well, one of the, one of the things that we all belong to is uh, the movies by minutes group,
1: and I I really strongly suggest if you haven't, if this is your first approach to uh, movies by minutes, there's a there's a world out there waiting for you. You've got about 130, mm-hmm. maybe more than that right now. So 150 might be uh, 150 different movies where we examine them one minute. Usually it's one minute of screen time per episode of the show. And we'll do it three minutes, five minutes. But anyway, it's generally, we cut it down into nice little bite-sized pieces and and then just obsess over that particular minute. And uh, if you go to moviesbyminutes.com, all those different movies are out there. If you want to listen to the ones that I've made, uh, it's real simple to find. Just go to jimokane.com, J-I-M-O-K-A-N-E.com. I have my little, uh, discography whatever podcastography is, is out there and you can uh, you can track down all the things i'm doing it's the uh, if you if you want to go to gym university that's that's where i live
0: uh,
1: yeah
0: <laughs> and and of course you can find us we're we're next scene podcast we're at next scene what is it next scene and next scene pod on the, on the social medias we've got the jelly of the Month Club is our facebook group and you can always reach us um next scene at gmail.com that's the email address so mm-hmm. listeners thank you very much for listening jim thank you so much for for joining us this has been lots of fun and we'll uh we'll catch you folks next time All right, Now recording. so uh so sorry you were you were in the middle of something before i interrupted you were saying
1: Oh no, no! I just uh, I I, that I have a limited I have a limited um, knowledge of buses. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if there if there are that many bus fan. There are bus fanatics actually. I've I've talked to a couple of people who uh, I was going to have on a show about uh, about buses, and it's it's frightening. There are like there's there's a there are people that collect buses. That's a that's one that <laughs>
2: ooh yeah, like, uh...
1: you know it's it's like for people who can't afford those. Uh, railroad observation cars so they, they buy themselves city buses they're like you know they buy like the Detroit city bus from
0: 1968 uh, <laughs> or they okay. want to have and, a, a lot of room for their collections
1: if they're collecting yeah <laughs> yeah i mean do you really go past the first one i mean you know do you yeah. really need the second but
2: you barely need the first one
1: yeah yeah well, I mean, I guess you need something to, like practice your parallel parking, and you, know, you park the <laughs> one bus you
0: Yeah. So what's, for, when you're halfway through, yeah. For the what's the like the entry level, like the brand new collector, they get the short bus. Is that? <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah get, probably like get started. Like one of
1: those, uh, one of those uh, Dodge conversions, you know, where you take the the old Econoline or something like that, and you get you yeah, the new or on The, uh, the VW
0: the microbus.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would be a good one. The Westphalia, the the camper top.
0: Yeah. Well, now is I wonder if there's are there like bus snobs that are like they call it a bus, but that's not really a bus. It's it's a van, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, or you, you're you're
1: you buy American buses, you know, because you don't want those European imports. Who wants a Volvo bus? That's like the yacht <laughs> of buses. Yeah.
0: Does a uh, is there a Jaguar bus that I'm sure it's in the shop all the time? And yeah, yeah, up on <laughs> up on gigantic lifts and. Well, he's changing up All the tires. Right. Yeah. Um. Why should I? Let's. Um. i I should introduce the show. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah.